What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Sports Inventory with your host, Ben Kuchipudi and Tyler, the gunslinger Graham. So, arguably the most fun time of sports happened um, this past Sunday as week one of the NFL season kicked off. Actually, no, on Thursday, the week, week one of the NFL season kicked off with um, Bills versus Rams. So we're just going to jump right into it. Tyler, first first thoughts on this game, because this game was hyped up and the box score really didn't show, really didn't show much. Um, yeah, so first and foremost, we are in college and all my doormates were absolutely elated to have their first, you know, game of the year, basically, because we've been absolutely time in college. We've had this unquenchable thirst for football in my entire room. And this first matchup was an absolute stellar, you know, just opening. You know, you have the, the reigning Super Bowl champs against guys who many argue should have been in the Super Bowl and should have won it last year. The and Bills the favorites. Coming, the and favorite. the favorites as well. Um, the Bills came out on top, obviously, 31-10 to 10 against the Rams. But there's a lot of key takeaways from this game. One thing for goddamn sure is that the Bills' offense is electrifying. They make little to no mistakes. Josh Allen has a cannon. He just makes great decisions. Stephon Diggs is awesome. And Gabe Davis is a second option on arguably the best offense in football, meaning that he could start basically anywhere else. And that team is just amazing. Ben, what do you think on the Bills? Not just the offense. The thing that impressed me more is the defense. Man, the the Rams were a top five offense for sure last season, if not better. Mm-hmm. Reigning offensive player of the year, Cooper Cup. Matt Stafford coming off a stellar season. They bring in Allen Robinson. But the Bills defense just shut them down for the second yeah. half. Only allowing 10 points. They got seven sacks on Stafford. They forced him into three picks. That was honestly the bigger story. Von Miller got two sacks on his former team. If anything, I think the defense won the game for the Bills because they held that team to 10 points. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and they made Matt Stafford look like a fringe QB1. Cooper Cup still had his love. You know, he had 128 yards, 13 receptions, and in in that one tutty we all saw. But what I can take away from this game is that the Bills are here. They're here to stay. They're here to dominate. The Rams, they had a lot of losses last year from that Super Bowl team. A lot of good, solid guys. Guys like Whitworth, Weddle, and it's kind of crazy. Even OBJ and Von Miller. So this team is going to have to get their footing. McVay is going to have to figure things out. But Cooper Cup is still going to do what Cooper Cup does. But Matt Stafford has to make better decisions. Just it, it, He was tortured that, that game on Thursday night. Yeah, and also, fun fact... Sean McVay, this was his first time having a losing record as his, as long as he's been a Rams head coach, which is six years. <laughs> it's insane. crazy. Insane, tough. insane. But I don't think it was entirely his yeah. fault. I just think they ran into a team that is just too strong, and the Rams were just not prepared. And guys like Aaron Donald, who I have winning defensive player of the year, did not look as crazy as we all thought he was. That game, Buffalo really just kept him somewhat contained he had very little qb pressures that entire game and he didn't show up really yeah i mean it obviously gets a little harder with the pressures once you lose a guy like von miller so donald really on that d-line is the only dominant player you don't have someone else coming off the edge like that so of course you're gonna see less pressure and people are gonna double team aaron dog because everyone knows the man's a freak of nature of course course. yeah so that's it that's what we had for the thursday slate absolute blowout and statement win by the bills but this next game was argued was one of the most fun games on the slate the eagles at the detroit lions the eagles ended up winning by a score of 30 to 35 talk about a a high powered offense like for both teams high scoring give me some thoughts on this because this was a fun one obviously being a cowboys fan we're gonna get to my absolute demise that we experienced sunday night but seeing a division rival like the eagles look this good uh, is astonishing for the Eagles franchise. They've had their ups and downs for this past decade, capturing that Super Bowl a little bit a while ago, but they haven't had an identity. But this team looks really, really polished and really, really well. And obviously having a stellar debut was A.J. Brown. Can we address that real quick? You know, he had 10 receptions, 155 yards, no tutties, but the love was spread throughout, and he was a weapon that Jalen Hurts is really going to fall in love with. And seeing this Eagles team this strong is really going to dice things up for not only the Cowboys division, but that whole side of the conference. And it's really exciting for Eagles fans, and I think they should be looking forward to this. But also, the Lions, 
coming out of nowhere, this is one of the few, the, the the many games su- Sunday that came down to the wire, you know, constantly scoring here and there, and the comeback was real. Dan Campbell is starting something in Detroit that I think we all should look out for because I think he's really going to change this franchise with the little that they have currently. Listen, like the Lions, they played a stellar – like they couldn't have played any better than they, ha- than they did. Mm-hmm. DeAndre sort of carved up that defense for fi- – for 144 yards and a touchdown. Jamal Williams got in the end zone twice. Jared Goff had two touchdowns to Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Chark. It's just, the, I mean, the defense still needs work, but that's a work in progress, obviously. Of course. That's not going to change overnight. You know, they didn't build Rome in the day. The, the Lions aren't going to build a stellar defense in one offseason. I should agree with you, Ben. This was just a really fun game to watch. The Eagles' ground game was also spectacular. Four touchdowns on the ground. Each one by Miles Sanders, one by Jalen Hurts, one by Kenny Gainwell, and another by Boston Scott. So this was a very ground and pound game, and it was it was fun to watch. No, absolutely, it's one of the few, like one of the many games that Sunday where it just came down to the wire and it was scoring here and comebacks. Like this was a good ass football Sunday. Let me tell you that, Ben. It was fun. It was fun for everyone but our two fan base. Of course, we can get to them bases. later. We'll of get, course, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, moving on to the next to the next game on the slate, we got the 49ers and the Bears, which was a shocking outcome to say the least. Ford Field was a slip and slide. You saw the Bears celebrate after the win with the slip and slide. It was it was very it was a sloppy game to say the least. And something I have to say between the two um second year quarterbacks playing Trey Lance and Justin Fields, let me say something. Justin Fields only threw 17 times. He had a very rough start. At one point, he was 3-for-9 passing for only 19 yards and a pick. But he turned it up in the second half. He finished 8-of-17, which is not the greatest completion percentage, but it's a work in progress. 121 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Trey Lance looked kind of lost up there. I'm gonna, I'm not going to lie. He had a decent game on the ground, but throwing the ball, he there was some struggles there. Yeah, no. Trey Lance definitely looked not his own self. You know, having 13 completions for 28 passes, 164 yards, and the pick. And he was sacked twice. So the thing about Trey Lance and this quarterback duel, it shows that, you know, first of all, 49ers defense performed arguably the best on Sunday. They only let up 204 yards, which is the defense. They're currently the defensive leaders right now for yards given up. And it's kind of crazy how they still didn't win that game because that Bears lineup on paper is not the brightest, but Justin Fields somehow just found something. He dug deep in the rain in Chicago, and he just found it. And he looked really good in that second half, and Trey Lance did look lost, Ben. You said it beautifully. But I think about it is, this is Trey Lance's official 49ers debut in the sense that he has the job. It's his job to lose now. Shanahan and the entire franchise is looking on him to figure it out. And a lot of the doubts stem from... The fact that he came from a small school and he didn't see a lot of big competition. But there is a similar quarterback that we talked to before that came from a small school, Josh Allen. And Josh Allen actually gave a quote to Trey Lance saying, you have to block out those people saying you know, the no-sayers and the haters. You just have to go out, out there and play ball. And I think this loss is really going to figure, you know, make Trey Lance really figure himself out, figure his team out. And he's only going to get better from this. You know, coming from a college where he threw 30 touchdowns and no interceptions, so throwing his first pick in an NFL as a starter, he's he's going to find his footing. He's going to find his thing. And I do believe in Trey Lance to take him to the promised land and Justin Fields as well. I do. It's going to take time for both these quarterbacks. But the big, I think some big storylines for the 49ers is injuries, injuries, injuries. This has been one of the most banged up teams the last few years. They didn't have George Kittle for this game. They might not have him for week two. We'll have to see about that. And they're lost Elijah Mitchell in this game first to a sprained MCL. And he's expe- he's expected to be out for two months. So this Niners team is banged up. So they're really going to need Trey to step up. And they're going to need um guys like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk to play very good football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing I have to say about the Bears, if you guys don't remember the last episode, I had them being the worst team in the league. So, I mean, they still might be. It's only week one. We saw... Two years ago, the Jaguars won their first game, and they lost every other game. So we'll see about that. But that's that's all on that game. This the next one is this is a this is a funny game to watch live. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. This was just this was a game of mishaps, man. I see. I this was one of the few games like I watched the whole thing through. It was just a sloppy affair. Yes. And this, I'm 
I don't know how the Steelers didn't win this game by more, considering they forced Joe Burrow to five turnovers. It just—I don't know if it comes to show that this—that um the Bengals can easily bounce back from this stuff, or if the Steelers' offense is just so bad that they nearly lost this game. I hundred percent agree, Ben. I think he was both sides. So we have the aspect of the Steelers' defense being awesome. You know, they led the. The, the entire week one on turnovers, having five, and also tied the Buffalo Bills with sacks. They sacked them seven times on Sunday. But miraculously, somehow, you know, just narrowly passed that, you know? And I don't understand how the Steelers' offense can be so stale. That's the word I saw and I felt on Sunday, stale. Watching Mitch Trubisky... Just, just look sloppy, look whatever. He wasn't involved in the play calling. He wasn't getting in anybody's, you know, behind. He's just not their guy. And I think they should try to coach up and, you know, move Kenny Pickett to that one spot as quick as, you know, humanly possible. Because Mike Tomlin has their defense figured out. That's fine. But it's their offense, man, that just, that needs work. And the thing is, Joe Burrow did come back. You know, he had some completions to Jamar Chase, which also solidified the fact that Jamar and Joe Burrow are going to be the more dangerous duos in the league. Jamar was 100%. Jamar was impeccable towards the latter half, but um, it's just sad to see the Steelers like offense just looking terrible. And shout out to you know my old history teacher, Mr. Ryan Lepner. I'm sure he had his fits that Sunday, but um, uh, he, oh, he definitely. One thing I want to bring up that we're probably going to bring up throughout this these matchups is the kicking. Oh boy, was the kicking absolutely terrible! Oh ben. my gosh, this was atrocious. It was absolutely someone, terrible. You know, Tyler, this reminded me of the Bengals Packers game from last season. You remember how many missed kicks there were in the overtime? It was period? embarrassing. It was really embarrassing. It reminded me of that. It was embarrassing. And you know, it's interesting. It's like crazy because Evan McPherson, the Bengals kicker, was considered the hero for the playoffs. He had two game winning kicks, one in the divisional. And one in the conference championship. And the to end the fourth quarter, Joe Burrow tossed a pass in the corner of the end zone to Jamar Chase to tie the game. Extra point ends up getting blocked by Minka Fitzpatrick, who had himself a day, by of course, the way. Of course, yes. That ended up, and that ended up sending the game to overtime. And then the Bengals drove to get in the field goal range, drove to get in the field goal range once again, 29 yards out. He just flat out shanked it. Shanked it. Shanked it that, far left, too. Yeah. And... That that is a tough look for him, you know. And I I saw him being one of the better kickers in the league coming into this season. Oh, so did I. And to see that happening, also on the Steelers side too, because they missed their fair share of kicks. And plenty of teams that we're going to talk about later. Um, it was just I don't know what was in the air for kickers, uh, week one, but a lot of them were just Maybe muffing it. Was it was the week one uh, EBGBs. I don't. I, know, I don't know, but... but a lot of them were muffing it. A lot of them were muffing it. But good job to the Steelers. They just have to work on that 11-man offense on the other side of the ball. But their defense was looking great. And like you mentioned, Minka Fitzpatrick coming in absolutely crazy that game. And he's going to make that push. And that defense is really going to look mean this year. Yeah. And another note for the game, TJ Watt, some feared that he would be out for three to four months with the torn pack. He might be as back as soon as six weeks. Mm-hmm. That's saying something about him. He's just he's just a and monster. moving on to the moving on to the next game. We got a, a matchup in South Beach, and this is like this is the Patriots' nemesis over the past few years. It's the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins end up winning this game by a score of twenty to seven. Not the most high scoring affair, but there are things to talk about. We'll start on the Patriots side first. God, Josh Mc, I. I live with a bunch of Patriots fans in Massachusetts, and they always criticize Josh McDaniel's offense. Boy, did they need him for this game. There was, This was some of the worst offense I've seen from this team. Mac Jones, I'm not going to blame him for this loss. He did have a pick, that, a tip pick, and he did have a touchdown, but the offensive line was mm-hmm. horrible. And someone that stood out for the Patriots that really didn't play well was Trent Brown, the tackle. He let up so he gave up on so many assignments and Matt got sacked and fumbled as a result of that. And that was that was some of the stories of this game because uh the Dolphins, one of their touchdowns was off a, a strip sack that Brown gave up. That was a return for a touchdown. Yeah, no. I, so it's um it's a very vanilla the, offense. The Patriots, and, uh, it's it's a line. tough gig because you drafted your Tom Brady prodigy pocket passer to hit a dime on the 50 yard line, but can't scramble. And the biggest assignment for the Patriots has to be protection. If I have a quarterback that is incredibly accurate when he's in the pocket, I need him to stay in the pocket and I need him to be unscathed. 
I don't want any turf on him. I don't want any dirt. And I don't want any blood, sweat, or tears on him. But like you said, Ben, he was just getting hit. He was getting pressured. And they were just letting everything in. The floodgates were open for the Patriots. And it was sad to see because I'm a big fan of Mac Jones. And I think he has a bright future because he's just a smart quarterback. But the Dolphins just took advantage of that. And their defense is great. And so is their offense. The Dolphins right now, they're looking good. Tyreek Hill, I thought he was going to have a better debut. You know, uh, Tyreek Hill. He still was, he was very, he was very solid. solid, had eight receptions for 94 yards, about 11 yards per uh, per catch. But Tua is still my biggest question mark. Tua still had a night for himself for throwing for 271 tutty, 23 for 33, and having a 104 passer rating, which was higher on the day because a lot of quarterbacks didn't show up on Sunday. But I think he could just make better passes. There was stretches where he would just miss targets. Tyreek was open, low ball, high ball, and it's going to boil down to that. And if there's a good solid defense that can capitalize on it which the Patriots lack of course but they're going to come across a top five opponent in their schedule and their defense is going to take advantage of those mistakes by Tua and I think it's going to be a big thing to show for it yeah we're going to have to see how Tua does next week because they're going against the Baltimore Ravens who have one of the scarier defenses in the league so we're going to have to see how he does there but Overall, solid debut by the Dolphins, mm-hmm. I'll say. They started off 1-0. They had one of the better off-seasons in the league. And you know what? They, as a div- Even though they're my division rival, good for them good for getting them, that indeed. one. This, this next one, Browns and Panthers. Baker's revenge gone wrong a little bit. I'll, I'll, say, it. I'll mm-hmm. say that. Mayfield actually didn't have a terrible... He didn't have a terrible game by any means. He had... He had he was 16 for 27, 235 passing yards, one touchdown, one pick. He did have a rushing touchdown, and he did will the Panthers back into this game. But the Browns, they they played a very good game, even without Deshaun Watson. Jacoby Brissett game managed very well. Nick Chubb ran for over 140 yards on the ground on over six yards of carry. And Kareem Hunt, he had over he had over 60 yards from scrimmage, and he had two total touchdowns. So, very dominant game by the Browns running backs, who we expected to be. This yeah, game. no, I was really looking forward to this revenge game, per se, the franchise that betrayed Baker. And from a Panthers perspective, I'm fine with Baker's performance. He made a lot of good throws and decisions and put it into tight windows. But that Panthers team didn't look alive. They didn't look like they wanted it to, in the slightest. And there were stretches where Baker was hitting people in hands and stuff like that, and they were just dropping passes, which is another occurrence that, besides the missed kicks, we saw a lot on Sunday, a lot of just missed catches and drops, which is embarrassing to watch uh, from a receiver's perspective. And to the Brown side, Kareem Hunt had a game for himself. Let's be real. Kareem Hunt is here to stay. He's back in business, and he's going to do what they got to do for Cleveland. And Jacoby Brissett keeping it very pedestrian, throwing 147 with a tutty. The completion percentage could be better, 18 for 34. You know, a lot of missed passes and a 74 uh, passer rating. But Jacoby kept it very grounded for the team. He's going to keep it very together until Deshaun can come back. You know, that's what Jacoby is. He's a very solid backup quarterback. He has a lot of experience starting. But he doesn't need to do anything flashy for them because the Browns have an elite run game, which is able to elevate their offense. And... One final note on the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, he was be- he's been banged up the last two years, but I f- they got to get him more involved. He can't. He only had ten carries on for thirty three yards and a touchdown, only three point three yards a carry. He did have four receptions for twenty four yards, but the br- but the Panthers offense when healthy they run through Christian McCaffrey. He's he's getting a lot of touches. He's getting almost like eight to ten per- receptions per game when he's healthy. So I think the Panthers got to work them a little more into the offense for them to succeed. But overall, this was another one of the good. This yeah. was another good game. And shout out to rookie Cade York. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Goal. And just to reinforce your point before we move on to the next game, I think it's only going to help Baker if they prioritize Christian McCaffrey because having a strong run game opens up the pass game. And if they can wheel him back, you know, push him into that comeback player of the year kind of status, then Baker might have a season for himself upcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Christian McCaffrey, it doubles down as a receiver mm-hmm. and a running back. So you have to give him yeah, all the some way. Yeah. Next game, um, AFC South matchup. Um, fun fact, the AS, all, in the AFC South, all four teams played, obviously. Two of them played each other. No team ended up with a win. Because this game, Colts and Texans, ended up in a tie, which no one yeah. wants to see. So Matt Ryan in his Colt debut... He did have 352 passing yards, which is second in the league, which was second on the day. But he was 
a little sloppy, to say the least. He had three total turnovers. Jonathan Taylor just he's still he's still um that same guy. He's 31 carries, 161 yards, 5.2 yards a carry and a touchdown. He showed no rust from last year. And he's still going to be that offense. And Michael Pittman, nine receptions, 121 yards, one touchdown. This is the guy that I expected to break out with Matt Ryan. And I think he's going to be able to do that because he had himself a very Oh, yeah, Ben. It, this Colts defense, obviously, they, you know, it saddens that they had to come out with a tie. But the fact that they produced 517 total yards you know, receiving and run, uh, rushing yards, which is a week one leader. And the fact that they had second uh, for the week two for 440 yards, like this t- this offense could be electrifying. Matt Ryan was making some good decisions. Sure, he had 18 incompletions and an interception, but this team could be really exciting on that half. And the defense is good, but I don't know how you made Davis Mills look that good. There were some passes where Davis Mills was getting through, and I just scratched my head. Because there was moments or stretches where Davis Mills looked like he was like lighting them up. And I was thoroughly surprised the Texans could go toe-to-toe with this highly well-constructed Colts team. Granted, they, they didn't have Shaquille Leonard for this game. But overall, they still they still should have pre- been able to produce a turnover against a team that may be the worst in football. We're going to move on to the Texans because they had – this is a solid debut for them. Davis Mills looked pretty solid, as you said. Um, 23 of 37 passing, 240 yards, two touchdowns. He was able to spread the love a, de- a lot. Brandon Cooks with 82 receptions for se- 82 yards on seven receptions. Um, OJ Howard caught two passes for two touchdowns. They got Rex Burkhead involved in the passing game. Damian Pierce was involved as a rookie. Um, it does suck this game ends in a tie, but the Texans showed fight, which um, I wasn't expecting, but. It, uh, but it does show a lot. I don't know if it shows that the Colts are a little weak and they let their guard down sometimes because we did see that at a decent amount last year. Or the Texans are going to be like the Lions of last year and be competitive in their losses or ties. I think, yeah, people, yeah honestly, this team just has the finest footing. Uh, Coach Reich really has to just keep it together. Matt Ryan's a different quarterback than everybody that's been in that position, even since Andrew Luck days. So he has more of a pocket passer, but you have now weapons now and injuries is obviously going to be a big thing for the Colts because they can have always have like that one star out, like you said, Mr. Leonard. So if this team gets back and healthy and happy, this team is something not to be really messed with. Yeah, they were they're my underdog pick to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. So let's see how this um let's, let's do the rest of the season. But moving on to the next game, another divisional matchup. The Saints and the Falcons, man, Atlanta can't stop blowing leads. That that's that's all I have to say. Yeah, Ben. I just it's sad that they had the grip on that game and Jameis Winston just did his thing, found that W as he would love to say. Um Winston did impress me in his de- in his debut, really. Um going twenty three for thirty-four, two sixty-nine, two tutties and sacked four times, maintaining a one eleven passer rating. I like this Jameis Winston, and I just like this orchestrated offense. In New Orleans, you know, you still have Michael Thomas. He's coming back. He's going to do his thing. And their defense is good now. Saints really bolstered, and it's always been good. And Tyron Matthew, not the greatest debut for him, but they're going to get back into the swing of things. But, yeah, as, as it boils down to the Falcons, just they just love to just blow leads. Yeah, they, they blew a 16-point lead. But I'm going to keep going on the Saints a little bit. Taysom Hill, 81 yards on, four carries and a touchdown. We know Taysom Hill, basically a running back. A Swiss Army knife of a man. But the thing, but the thing that um can that little confused me a little bit is um how little they use Alvin Kamara. Only 12 touches for a guy who is basically like Christian McCaffrey, doubles down a receiver and a running back. And I think um although they did win this game, they squeak they squeak by this team. But I think against better teams like the Buccaneers, who they're going to play this coming week, they're going to have to get Alvin Kamara a little you're, more involved. You're going to have to. You're going to have to. But Jameis Winston did a great job of spreading the love. Jarvis Landry, seven receptions, 114 yards. Um, Chris Olave got 40 yards in his first reception and his first um, game action. And I have to say this, Michael Thomas is back. He had five five receptions, 57 yards, and two touchdowns all in the second half, mind you. And both of them were on... AJ Terrell, who graded out as a top five cornerback last season. So this was my pick for comeback player of the year. And once again, I don't think yeah, he can guard yeah. Mike. And also slight mention to Mr. Patterson from Atlanta, the running back going for 120 yards. 
Yes, and twenty-two carols and Mario on the ground. Mario, yes, yes. There was there was slight star little performances for Atlanta, but as a team, they did flunk it, which is sad to say. But we move. They do need to get Kyle Pitts more involved. Only two receptions, nineteen yards. But Drake London had himself a solid debut: five receptions, seventy-four yards. Once that offense gets a little more gel together, I think. I think um, Pitts and London will really yeah, be. Yeah, but able it's to take week off. one, so everybody got to work out their kinks in the armor. Yeah, uh, this next game is one that I'm scared to talk about. Uh, my New York Jets absolutely—they did—they—they they didn't do well. That's all I have to say. They lost twenty-four to nine, and it, it was just an ugly game by the offense. Joe Flacco is cooked. You, I know game script is a thing, but. The fact that uh, that Jets fans had to see this guy throw fifty nine times just is not. It doesn't make for doesn't, television. It doesn't. I, it's sad to say, Ben, but you set the game plan perfectly before Week One happened. You should run the ball. You know your rookies and your running backs are they're gonna get their love on the ground. But why did Joe Flacco throw for fifty nine yard uh, fifty nine attempts and only ended up with what is this three oh seven? That's just not impressive. That's really not impressive, and. This is coming from a Cowboys fan. I wish you guys the best of luck because the team that you have can be promising, but you guys just did not show up against Baltimore. And Lamar Jackson had a game for himself. Let me tell you. Lamar Jackson had 213, uh, 17 for 30, three tutties and an interception, which the interception, you know, obviously silly mistakes. Yeah, but he, he just looked so awesome. And this might be just the game that Lamar might break out. He might just get into a flow of things, and he might make an MVP push as well because he's just awesome. Well, this is um this is contract year. He turned down a contract. He's betting on himself. But I'm going to put a few more notes on the Jets as this is my team. Um, They had they had the offensive line stunk. Uh, George Fan, Lake, and Tomlinson, they're the bets on that line. They were absolutely awful, letting up so many pressures to Baltimore. And when you're a statue in the pocket like Joe Flacco, you need a hold up as an offensive line. He did spread the love around Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, Brees Saul, Braxton Barris, Tyler Conklin. They all got love. But I think they got to utilize Garrett Wilson more. There was a play I remember. It was third down and 10, pocket collapsed. Joe Flacco made a very sketchy pass, which Wilson caught, made two people miss, one of them being fellow rookie Kyle Hamilton, and nearly got the first down. So we know, like this, we know this guy can make plays, and I'm, this is the last one I have on the Jets. One guy that stood out was our both of our defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner. He had a game. He only uh, he only allowed one catch for eight yards, and he had a pass breakup on Mark Andrews, who was the best yeah. tight end in football last year. So oh, I think this is a. This is a good debut for Sauce and a solid debut for the Jets defense because they played very well. It's just that the offense they just have to figure it out over right? there. But we just we just pray for yeah we just got to pray for Zach to come back and just do his thing. But also the line to get better because even if it's you know Jesus himself, if that line collapses like it did on Sunday, you're not going to get much offense going. Moving on, the Washington Commanders and the Jacksonville Jaguars. A surprisingly good game, actually. Commanders ended up winning twenty-eight to twenty-two, and Carson Wentz had a game: twenty-seven and forty-one completions, three hundred thirteen yards, four touchdowns, two picks. You got the whole Carson Wentz package that game. You had good flashes, you had some really bad plays, but in the end, Washington ended up squeaking out the W behind two touchdowns from rookie yeah, John. Yeah, no, Carson Dawson. Wentz looked absolutely amazing and he made some highly risky plays that paid off in his favor on Sunday. Some of those throws were on a rope, on a dime, and it was great for Carson Wentz to get his footing and finally somewhat probably having like finding a home for himself in Washington. And if he could keep this this production, he can make some great numbers for himself by the end of the season. And it's kind of crazy that the Commanders, you know, did their thing and they were missing a guy like Chase Young who was on the sidelines that game. And watching that Commanders game, you know, I'm not the hugest fan of Carson Wentz, but he did look great, I have to admit. Yeah, he looked good. He looked pretty good. And I'm moving on to Jacksonville right now. I want to um Javon Walker, he had a very good game. He had a sack, he also had an interception. This was a very solid debut for the number 1 pick. Yeah, 100% agree, Ben. And the one guy I really want to note of worthy is Trevor Lawrence. 
I'm really having a lot of mixed emotions on the man. Now, I watched that game in its entirety, and there was a lot of passes that were simply dropped. He placed it right in the numbers, but there was a lot of bad decisions. He only had 24 completions and 42 passing attempts, 275, one touchdown, one interception, and he only had a 75 pass rating. There's going to come a point in time where we're going to have to stop giving him excuses because he plays for Jacksonville because there are some decisions he made that were silly at um, when, you know, didn't make him look very good. Now, granted, we can blame it on the play calling over there. Obviously, Doug Peterson's going to find his footing and bring his system into it, even though Jacksonville is way different than Philadelphia. But I'm I, I'm going to start not making any excuses for Trevor Lawrence. He has to play better. And, you know, I believe in him. I We all watched him at Clemson and what he did. But he ha- he has to be the guy to turn this thing around. He had plenty of opportunities to do so. He does, and I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna get into um Trevor Lawrence and drop pass in a second. This is um I'm gonna talk about the running backs of Jacksonville. I'm happy for James Robinson. You know, as talented as Travis Etienne is, they did him dirty on that draft. They did Robinson dirty on that draft night after having a thousand yard season and a Pro Bowl campaign as an undrafted rookie. They go out and draft Etienne in the first round, and Robinson. He had two total touchdowns on that day. He was yeah. that Jacksonville offense. And ETN, one of the drop passes by Trevor Lawrence that was thrown by Trevor Lawrence was a touch was a drop touchdown by ETN. It just it's sad. It's sad. And ETN was simply, in my opinion, that draft, ETN was simply a pawn to just keep Trevor Lawrence cemented by drafting his best buddy from Clemson. But I'm I'm in agreement with you. I think James Robinson really earned that spot and ETN was just simply a play just to keep, you know, Lawrence around. But Robinson found his footing, and if that's the bright spot in Jacksonville, it's the bright spot. Good for him. But Trevor has to perform better. For Robinson. He does. And if, they, if Jacksonville wants to go anywhere, they need Lawrence to play better. Yeah. This next game was, was, a, was a little bit of a doozy, but this, this game showed a lot for both teams. We're talking the Minnesota Vikings oh, and the Green yeah. Bay Packers. Minnesota put on a clinic against this team. Kirk Cousins... 23 of 32, 277 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, Shout out to boy, Justin ben. Jefferson, who carried that off. This guy, this is my pick for offensive player of the year. I picked, I told me, I said he was getting at 2,000 yards. This is a great start to it. Nine receptions, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, he looks so good. And this, and the way, like, and this offense run by Kevin O'Connell is going to bring out the best in him. And this Minnesota team is going to be scary because they are they got playmakers all over the field. Justin Jefferson obviously got Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. They they got playmakers, They and they know how to score. So this is a very state – this was a statement win by Minnesota against their hated rival in the Packers, who we'll get into right now, actually. These, these receivers for Green Bay did not have the best debut. I'm sure for those of you who watch football – you guys saw the viral clip of Christian Watson dropping a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers and him just having the biggest look of disappointment. It, on his it face. was really embarrassing. Just quick note on the Vikings. They are electrifying. Kirk Cousins is finally getting a flow for his teammates, and that team could really be something down the line. Their defense also kept it together, too. And they made Aaron Rodgers look kind of stale. Let's be real. Aaron Rodgers only 195 yards, 34 passing attempts, only 22 completions, and an interception. Um, Obviously, we can spend the whole day blaming the receivers, but at the end of the day, it is a problem for Aaron Rodgers. He just doesn't have a Devontae to throw to. He doesn't have a Jordy Nelson to deal with. And obviously, they're going to split the snaps between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, but that's not enough. It's Aaron Rodgers. you got to give him someone to throw the ball at. And it's sad to even see a viral clip like that go viral of a professional wide receiver dropping probably the easiest pass you can catch right in the breadbasket. And... Now, here's the thing about what's interesting about Aaron Rodgers, though, is he had a very similar performance in week one of last year, but went on to produce statistically one of the better seasons we've seen in the past decade. So week one, we always take with a grain of salt. Yeah, we do. We just, Yeah, same thing happened last year against the Saints, as you mentioned. But it's a different team now, obviously. No Devontae. This offense is going to be heavily relied on by a rookie Romeo Dooms, rookie Christian Watson. And Alan Lazard, whenever he gets back from injury, and another, I want to get into the running backs for this team too because AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones—they're a very good tandem. But it looks like AJ Dillon is slightly taking over a little bit. He had more touches than Aaron Jones, 
and he had the touchdown. So I think um, this is slowly going to be a 50-50 split, maybe 60-40 in favor of Dylan. I, I 100% agree with that, but I think they have bigger fish to fry than where or not to split up the snaps. It's just going to be who are they going to make Aaron Rodgers wide receiver one because I'm sure he's not content and he's going to continue to take his shrooms until he can sweat this one off. But Packers better figure something out quick. They do. They really do. Next next game on the slate, a very fun and a very surprising outcome from this game. The New York Giants against the Tennessee Titans. The Giants ended up upsetting the Titans to have their first winning record in six years. Same th- Sean McVay had his first losing record in six years t- on week one. Giants had their first winning record in six years for week one. And Saquon Barkley, oh, buddy. He's back. He's back. He had himself a stellar game. Two, almost 200 total yards on scrimmage, including a 68-yard run and a touchdown and a two-point conversion that sealed the game up for them. And the Giants, this is a this is a very well-played game. I didn't Daniel Jones, 17 of 21 completions, 80, 188 yards, two touchdowns a pick. D- Danny Dimes he didn't did play it. a bad game it. at all. And my university is stationed in New York. So a lot of my sweet mates and people that came over are New York Giants fans. And seeing them rejoice in this victory like they won a Super Bowl was very funny to me. Um, but we we can't deny it. Um, the Giants are a different looking team. They fired everybody, they got rid of everybody, and the people they brought in are really good for their culture. You know, the one thing that I've always noticed. And this is me coming from a Cowboys fan, Jason Garrett, and Giants fans can share this remorse and like this feeling with me. Was Jason Garrett wasn't a risky OC. He wasn't a risky decision maker. But this is week one for this Giants season, which they have nothing to lose basically, and they went for it. They went for the two point conversion. They trusted their team. They they they're a risky team, and they're gonna the coaching over there is gonna change Giants culture for the better. And it's surprising to me that Saquon looked that good. And I love the fact that he's back because when he's back, football's back. And it's just a joy to see them play like that. But let's transition to the Titans real quick. What happened, Ryan? What happened? This was Ryan. Ryan didn't even play a crazy game. I mean, he didn't even play that bad. 20, 33, 266 yards, two touchdowns. The Giants zeroed in on Derrick Henry and it paid off. Only averaging 3.9 yards a carry. Didn't allow any touchdowns on the ground. Granted, they give up give up two receiving touchdowns to the backup running back, Dontrell Hilliard. But for the most part, the Giants defense played a very good game. Shutting down Derrick Henry for the most part. Robert Woods, who is their projected wide receiver one, only with one reception for 13 yards. The receiving leader for the Titans was a slot receiver by the name of Kyle Phillips, who... I'm, I'm being honest, I wasn't... Yeah, really no, he had a lot of love game. in that last drive to try to seal it for the Titans who ended up missing the game-winning kick because, you know, this week was just the missed kick week. So, But <laughs> Fat Randy. So Fat Randy. the thing about this Titans team is the defense really for the Giants really came through. And the fact that they're missing guys like Kayvon Thibodeau and they still performed well against a very run-heavy uh, offense was – I'll give you guys a round of applause for that. But it's just a matter of can you maintain that? Can you make that push? And at the end of the day, what's the end goal for the Giants, you know? This is not a team that's going to survive in the playoffs. So what is the goal here? Are you making these guys stellar so you can trade them off and look for a future? I don't know, New York. But I know one thing. This week was great for y'all, and congratulations. Congrats on having your first winning season in six years. Celebrate that. There might not be a lot of that, so cherish this moment. Moving on to another, moving on to the next one. Got the LA Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Arguably the game of the year from last year, but these are two very different looking teams. And we're going to start with the Chargers. Oh my, Justin Herbert. He looked yeah. electric out there. He was, he was throwing lasers to everyone. Keenan Allen got love. Gerald Everett got love. Austin Eckler got love. Even um, a receiver by the name of DeAndre Carter got some love. And this... um. It's not the, the story of the game for the Chargers. wasn't their offense. Their defense was Ben, I was going to get into that. Unstoppable. Khalil Mack, what a debut by Khalil. Three sacks on it's Derek just, Carr. Oh. And yeah, they forced no, him. No, uh, Chargers fell third uh, for the week for turnovers, having forced him into three. And they had six sacks as a team. 
this team, like I mentioned in our prior podcast, is very, very complete. Very. And I know they let De- uh, Devontae Adams have 141 yards for 10 receptions and a touchdown. That's Devontae. He's going to get that. But it was the other plays and the pressure they constantly put on Derek Carr. This is a team to fear. And if they can keep this up, because we all know the Chargers curse, they perform well in the regular season and just implode in the post. If they could keep this up, oh boy, are they going to be very, very scary. And we're going to have to see how they do tomorrow because they played the Kansas City Chiefs on the road on Thursday Night Football. And the crazy thing is about this game, they forced that many turnovers and they didn't even have J.C. Jackson. They did it, and it's kind of crazy. And it's it's wild to me because I was really looking forward to the Raiders debut in particular because my grandfather is a Raiders fan. And just seeing them look not the brightest. You know, Derek Carr would have, you know, pushing a civilian 295, 37 attempts, two, two tutties, three interceptions, as we all know. But he was sacked five times. He didn't have a lot of opportunities to even think in the pocket. And the Chargers were out for blood. They really were. And the Raiders have a couple of things to fix. You know, obviously the line has to get just a little stronger and more weapons besides uh, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. I think their run game has to get just a little bit better um, in particular. They do. And the and the run game for the Raiders is very suspect because Josh Jacobs, this is probably his last year. So you got to yep. figure out what's happening after that. But moving on to another AFC team. Oh my gosh, did the chance did the Kansas City Dog. Chiefs put on a clinic in the desert? 43-21. They they didn't need Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes, 30 completions, 39, 30 to 30 to 39. Um, 360 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Oh, by far hands the best down, Benjamin. And he came out with the highest pass rating of 144.2. This is my choice for MVP and he is he's 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 making he putting a smile on my face, Ben. He absolutely sliced and diced Arizona. The passes he was making, I'm sure many of you can see the highlights on Instagram. He's just putting the ball right in people's hands, Travis Kelsey and so on and so forth. He is a generational talent that the league should fear. And the thing about the Cardinals is it wasn't a circumstance with the Commanders and the Jaguars where you know the Jackson Jacksonville Jaguars are one of the worst teams in you know the NFL. The Cardinals are good, especially their secondary. And the fact that Patrick Mahomes just absolutely fruit ninjaed them was amazing to watch. And it was and from a, from a guy that loves the quarterback position and the science behind it, this made me an extremely happy camper. Let's put it that way, Ben. Yeah, he showed the love to everyone. Kelsey, eight receptions, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Juju in his debut. Six receptions, 79 yards. MVS in his debut, four receptions, 44 yards. Clyde Hilaire caught two touchdowns. Nicole Hardman caught a touchdown. Even the backup tight end caught a touchdown. And shout out to Rutgers Isaiah Pacheco for averaging five yards on the ground. New Jersey, baby. Shout out New Jersey. But the Cardinals, this was a very concerning game. I didn't expect them to win this game, but I didn't expect the, the I didn't expect the Chiefs to double their score. Yeah, yeah, the Cardinals. Put it that way. I'm, I'd be worried if I was a Cardinals fan. They just look incredibly blah. That's the best word I can put it. Their defense obviously was just absolutely sliced and diced by Patrick Mahomes, which will happen to majority of the teams that Chiefs face. Patrick Mahomes would just make a clinic out of anybody, really. But Kyler Murray was not that impressive. Only a pedestrian 193 for two tutties and, you know, below 100 passer rating. He's, he didn't look bright this week. He did not look bright this week. But obviously, it's week one. We have plenty of time to make improvements. But he definitely has to improve. Yeah, especially to compete with the, the Rams and the 49ers. Mm-hmm. The Cardinal, he needs to get better. He needs to play better. And the next game, Sunday Night Football, oh, this is a game that I know hurts. Ben, Ben. Why don't you, why don't you your take? Ben is a diehard Cowboys fan. I will stand by everything of this team. But I stand by the thing I've always said since he, we hired him. I think Mike McCarthy has to go. I just think that, first of all, know what? Before I get to the Cowboys, 100%. let me congratulate the Buccaneers. Tom Brady, welcome back. And Tom Brady didn't even do anything super crazy. He put up 212, one tutty, one interception, which was completely his fault, you know, right down the line. But, and we didn't put much pressure on him. Let's put it that way. But now to the Cowboys. Um, we'll go back to the Buccaneers because obviously Leonard Fournette had a game, but you can mention that later, Ben. Um, it was incredibly sad. We were the only team not to put up a touchdown this week, <laughs> period. Uh, we only had a field goal. 
Um, the beginning, the beginning of that game was very interesting. It was it was a lot of duels? You know, here that we made to the field goal line, boom, 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 whatever. And then we just self-constructed. Um, I started to notice a pattern for Mike McCarthy. He ran the same like eight plays and variations of it, and the Buccaneers caught on quick. Todd Bowles is an absolute genius on the mic. And Bruce Arians giving him the reins of the team is only going to help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they capitalized on everything. They had a game plan for us walking in, and they executed. Um, Dak had no options. You know, he used to have Amari Cooper and CD as a backup, but now he just had CD. CD was getting double, triple covered sometimes, and we don't have Michael Gallup. And that hurts Dak because he looks for those guys. Um, I think he should have made some better decisions. His th- a lot of his throws were a little too high or too low. Um, he, um, a couple of receptions were a little behind receivers. Luckily our, you know, receivers are in the NFL and they can make plays. Um, Dalton Schultz didn't get enough love and our line collapsed on Dak plenty of times. Oh, you were, we were, you missing, were missing him big Tyron time, huge big way. time. We let a lot of rookies and the guy that pissed me off the most was Steele. Oh, I was about to say, Ben, I have never have seen penalties? a man, a single man in an NFL game commit. Oh, Almost six penalties. Six penalties. Talk about Which is pivotal. There were drives where we had a completion called back, holding. Boom, boom, boom. And it was just an absolute mess to watch. And I felt so bad for Dak because I am a Dak lover. But it's very hard to protect him, stand for him, and stand for this team with an outgoing uh, performance like that. Um, Zeke had little bright moments. I feel like he can kind of come back into the swing things and he's going to have a bigger role because obviously, unfortunately, apparently Dak has to go into surgery for his hand, which I still watched the replay today and I wonder what the heck happened, but, um, it's going to be a process. You know, I'm, I'm extremely upset. I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm, I've been hoodwinked. I've been bamboozled. I've been running buck. Um, let us stray and we're going to have let to deal stray. with it, uh, going for these next couple of weeks. But that was an incredibly sad going. And I think our first fix has to be the removal of Mike McCarthy. I just don't like him in our system. He doesn't understand Dak. He needs to go. And a lot of the play calling needs to go as well. But Micah Parsons did his little thing, trying to put on pressure on Tom and stuff. But um, it's it's incredibly sad. Incredibly sad. It is. Moving on to the Bucs, though. Leonard Fournette chewed up that Cowboys defense. 127 yards on 6 yards of carry. Playout yeah. Lombardi Lenny had himself a day, and Mike Evans he got a little banged up in the game, but five receptions, seventy-one yards, caught a superb one-handed touchdown over Trevon Diggs, which I'm sure most of you saw the highlight of. Chris Godwin got a little banged up in the game, but Julio Jones showed flashes of his old self. He had three receptions, sixty-nine yards, including a forty-eight-yard bomb from Tom Brady, and Julio is going to have a very big role. Like I said in our prior him. episode, sorry, Godwin I didn't interrupt. Uh, like I said in our prior episode, if this wide receiving core is healthy, I, it, it's going to be a nightmare to just go up against. There's so many options Tom has. And Tom already spreads the wealth great as is because he's just an experienced quarterback. But the fact that you have three guys who could just light you up for 120 yards if they wanted to, that's scary. Yeah, and another another thing about the Bucks, their defense really showed out today. Four sacks as a whole and a pick up, a pick of Dak Prescott by Antoine Winfield. Bucks defense is still very good, and I'm gonna give one more note on the Cowboys before we move on to the final game. This is very reminiscent of the nightmarish 2020 season where Dak broke his ankle. Take it, granted, this season will not be injury ending, but the Cowboys as a whole were banged up, and now they're gonna have to rely on backup quarterback Cooper Rush, or maybe they'll trade for Jimmy G. Who knows? But this is gonna be a very rough five to eight weeks for them. And they need a hope whoever the quarterback is can keep them hovering around 500 until Dak comes back. Cause it's yeah, going to be a course, very rough of course. season. But, and then again, this might be a blessing in disguise. Maybe it puts us in a, a good draft situation. We pick up just one pivotal more piece and make a push later uh, next year or the year and beyond that. But uh, this is a minor setback and I hope it's for a major comeback. You got to hope as a Cowboys fan, man. Moving on, final game of week one, Monday Night Football. The return of Russell Wilson to Seattle. This was, uh, no, it didn't go Russell Wilson's way to say the least. And shout out Geno Smith, former New York Jet Geno Smith, getting the Geno chance at at Lumen Field, 23 of 28, 195 yards, two touchdowns. 
he played a very good game and he yeah rightfully so we saw why he won the job over drew lock as he said yes he wrote him off and he ain't right back though. yeah that seahawks team came out with some sort of fire in them they had to prove themselves ever since the departure of russell wilson they were like this is a chicken without a head and pete carroll might have just solidified his job keeping the culture together because i heard he was on the hot seat as well this team just sucked but one thing that we all saw that game were the fumbles ben hat oh my fumble yeah like, clock manager man, i saw the Peyton we'll clip where he was like you gotta later. call timeout and they just never did but russell wilson by himself did have a somewhat decent game 340 for one touchdown 42 passing attempts, 29 completions, but, you know, that can get better. But he led them to the red zone multiple times. And, Ben, what happened multiple times? My gosh. Melvin Gordon fumble at the one. Javante Williams fumble at the one. They went to the red zone four times and ended up it's with three extremely points. unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Especially as a team that's looking to assert themselves in the most competitive division in the NFL. This is a this is not a very encouraging showing. And another big factor that played into this game, this was a terribly Absolutely coached game terrible. by Nate Hackett in his debut. Uh, we saw we saw Peyton on um the Manning cast begging them to call timeout on fourth and five. He wasted 40 seconds. Four not no more than 40. He wasted over 50 seconds. And they settled for a 64-yard field goal when you have Russell Wilson at a fourth and five. It doesn't make sense. McManus's career long was 62 yards, and it's only five yards to get into to get closer into field goal range. But instead, they opt to go for the 64-yarder, which almost almost went through the uprights, just a little um wide left. But uh, but it was just not a good showing as a coach for Nate Hackett, and he admitted. He admitted that they should have um, went for it, but they got to take it in stride. You got to learn from it. I think Russell Wilson's going to be fine. It's just the rest of the team and the play calling around it. Shout out to Jerry Judy, though, having four receptions, 102 yards, and having the second longest catch of the day of 67 yards. We all saw that play. Um, But yeah, the Broncos definitely have to figure it out. The Seahawks, I don't know if this is going to happen every week or this was just so happened to be the narrative driven for them, but obviously. Luke. I mean, they were definitely driven by Russell Wilson returning to Seattle. This was definitely a game where everyone had a little yeah, bit of a fire in yeah, the belly. Fans, but, players, uh, everyone. Um, definitely coaching over Denver has to improve. And general, just management and no knowledge of the game. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I'm just looking forward for football again. This is a fun week. This is a fun week one to start, and I'm just excited for mm-hmm. 17 more weeks of regular season football. Of course. As I'm sure we all are. So, once again, that'll wrap I'm it up for us. Gunslinger Grand, I'm baby. Ben Kuchipudi. And we're out. We'll see you next week.